McDowell. I'm Emma McNeil Kerry, and this is Scunnard. Ladies and gents, yep. welcome to Scunnard the Podcast, episode two. This is your host, Rob McDowell. And Emma McNeil Kerry. Yes, thank you for joining us for yet another episode. We are so glad to have you. It's taken us a while to get here. It certainly has. We've had a lot of ups and downs along the way because, as you know, Emma was recovering from COVID. Yeah. And Emma's you know, been recovering from that. We've both got our own health issues to contend with as well. And we've had a million and one things come up. So we have. thanks for bearing with us. And we're glad to be back. Yeah, we are really, really glad to be back. And um, we are, we have a new technical setup. We are trying to be on the up and up. So hopefully we should be sounding, sounding get your words out, Emma, a little more sophisticated <laughs> this episode. The chat might not be more sophisticated. But hopefully the sound is a little more sophisticated. We shall see. <laughs> well, Emma, Emma certainly Emma certainly looks the part with her microphone. She certainly looks like a um like a Rihanna or Beyonce or something with the microphone. Much clearer. Yep, I've just taken a snapshot and uh, hopefully we'll be able to post that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, we're really, really glad to be back with you. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff this episode. Um it's not great. The world is in a not very great place right now. Uh, we'll get into it. We hope wherever you are in the world that you are safe, that you are well. We are somewhat fortunate to be living in Scotland. We know that. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. we are going to be talking about that today, aren't we, Rob? We are indeed. Um, as Emma said, wherever you are, you know, stay safe and stay healthy um a lot has been happening for everyone we know that a lot's been happening over the past even over the past month there's been so much happening and when you look at the situation um as it unfolds in each country regarding covid you can see just how there is a great chasm between people who have and people who don't have um much and unfortunately the people who are suffering the most is people who have the least and also yeah. um there's a report there's a report just came out today actually about the fact that um, BAME, so that's Black Asian Minority Ethnic Communities um, in the United Kingdom, are disproportionately affected by COVID. Um, and that's not just, you know, actually contracting COVID. It's there's, There seems to be a propensity for more serious um, symptoms and for a more serious outcome. You just have to look at the, the statistics of the the nurses and the care workers who have died in the UK to say that that, you know, unfortunately and very sadly has actually borne out and we're seeing much more black Asian minority ethnic community um, or people in the, in the black Asian minority communities being more severely affected and, and, and unfortunately losing their lives. And there is definitely something, something going on. Initially, I think people were saying it could be because um, in BAME communities, there is a, a higher instance of poverty, particularly in, in the UK, when you're looking at people who um, are more severely affected, it, it does tend to be people who are, as I said at the start, have have less, you know, people who are very comfortable 
um, tend to be doing very well. There are certain parts of the UK where coronavirus has barely touched it. And then when you look at the poorest parts and you look at the parts where there's a huge disparity, I mean, take London, for example, the huge disparity between people who have a lot and people who have very little. Um, and of course, it's, it, it's hitting those communities much more severely. Now, we don't want to seem like we are talking on a subject that we have no real right to talk on, in case you can't tell. We are very, very white. <laughs> we are Absolutely. two Scottish white people. Um, and we are, we are going to be talking about some other subjects in a similar vein today. And um, we don't want to come in here like we are. Uh, you know what was that a term that we were talking about white nights like um, yeah. <laughs> i said to, to you know i i can practically burn under a 40 watt light bulb i mean that's how and I say, and pale i am i say that i've got tartan skin like i'm so yeah, pale exactly. that i i just but so we don't want to come in here feeling like you know we have essentially no right to talk in these subjects but we are very proud allies and we want to Absolutely. raise our voices in subjects like this and um, essentially just raise our voices to, I don't know, it's, you always feel like you're treading a line in some, in, and and it's, it's hard. It's hard because I'm like, what do I say? What do I not say? It's like, ooh, 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 ooh. especially in a climate such as this. We are recording this on Blackout Tuesday, and the world feels like it's on fire right now. Um, Absolutely. It's. I feel incredibly emotional, um, and I'm just being honest. This is. It's really. I can't even imagine what people of colour, what black people, what anyone in between feels like at a time like this. And um, this is, uh, <laughs> and this is, the UK is not, is not um, much different from America, it might seem like, oh, well, we're better because, you know, we're not having riots in the streets and we've not got, you know, police attacking our own citizens. But there are situations happening in the UK and there have been situations happening in the UK that are not good. That are Absolutely. not good. And I think, as, as Emma was saying at the start there, there's... Um, we are trying very carefully um, to ensure that we come across, particularly when we're talking about the subject of what's happened in America and we're talking about the subject, of, as Emma said, about racism within the UK as well. There needs to be an understanding that we are not doing this because we're trying to offer solutions or trying to look into to an issue that we have no um, business and at yeah. the end of the day while we are both white we are strong allies and we understand that in order to get the message out there, because the thing is, Black Lives Matter and other associated um, groups and organisations and campaigns is about people um, of colour 
um, African-American black people who are standing up again with white allies and saying that enough is enough. Um, not only do they want to be heard and treated with the utmost respect that, you know, everyone else is afforded, but stop killing. You know, the police officers need to, there needs to be a, a real appreciation, understanding and all levels of the US government across all the states that black people are disproportionately killed and hurt and arrested and discriminated against by the police. And as Emma said, we're not, we're not, um, insulated from it in Scotland here. We do have, and in the UK as well, we do have a real issue with racism and with intolerance when it comes to people of colour and black people. Um, and although the First Minister said today during our briefing, the First Minister was asked a question about the Black Lives Matter protests that are planned um, in Scotland. And of course, in Scotland at the moment, we are in a lockdown to an extent. There is exceptions. People are allowed to go out and exercise. And there are some um, outlets that have opened. But for all intents and purposes, we are very much in lockdown um, in order to keep each other safe and to, to protect the NHS. So the First Minister said... Have, uh total solidarity with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. I am also um, a fervent supporter and indeed uh, throughout my life I've been a, a frequent participant in peaceful protests. So I, I absolutely believe that people have a right to make their voices heard. And at times like this, when we all look on uh, with concern and horror um, at the scenes in the United States right now, it's very important that we, we do have the opportunity to speak up and, and make our voices heard. Um, Obviously, right now, it is the case, unfortunately and, and regrettably, that large gatherings of people could pose a risk to health and indeed to life. And unfortunately, that's the case, whether it is a, a peaceful protest or a football match or any other uh, gathering where large numbers of people are coming together in close proximity. So what I would uh, say to uh, those who want to, to protest and, and say this as as an ally uh, and supporter, is that we need to uh, find ways of allowing people to make their voices heard um, and to uh, make the points that many of us want to, to be made and, and to be heard right now, but to do so in a way that is safe and is not putting people protesting or wider communities at risk. And uh, we are happy at national level, and I know... Uh, authorities at local level will be happy to have these discussions and offer whatever guidance we can. I hope that uh, everybody, and I know people the length and breadth of the country, and I, I include myself in this number, feel extremely strongly about uh, these issues. And let me say, none of us, no country, no society is immune from racism. Um, and we all have issues to, to look uh, in the mirror about and to confront. Uh, but all of us right now, I think, feel a very strong desire to stand in solidarity uh, with uh, those uh, protesting racism and, and to make clear that it is an evil that has no place in our society. So I would appeal to people to uh, you know, have a discussion and consider how we do that in a way that is safe but allows us all to send a very strong and unequivocal message about the evil of racism uh, that we want to see eradicated. And when you had the situation last night, the escalation with Donald Trump last night was just, oh, it was on another level. I mean, unreal. The photo up standing in front of the church after they blasted peaceful protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas. Literally, so he yeah, could get to his photo app, photo app, <laughs> photo up standing in front of a church with a Bible. Oh, honestly, my brain nearly just exploded. I was like, are you for real? You've probably never been in a church more than twice this whole presidency. 
Exactly. If he'd if he didn't, I mean, you know, if he spent less time holding the Bible up for a photo op and actually opened the Bible, Aye. he would realise that what's written in the Bible, you know, as far as I mean, Donald Trump's led a very ruling life. You know, I'm not the first. I'm not the first person here to to start judging other people. We all make mistakes. We all do things in our life that perhaps like, when we look back, we're not happy with. Yeah. But Donald Trump, of all people, shouldn't be holding up a bloody Bible, excuse the French, <laughs> and saying that, um, you know, he's the. Because it was, it was Lee's kind of partner of the Red Sea moment. He walked out there. Mm-hmm. He had the police um, and the federal authorities. Because they turned, I mean, this is the thing as well. They turned the lights outside the White House out. Of course, he had, uh, during the weekend, I think it was on Friday, he was taken into a bunker. Yep. And he was really pissed that people found out about it. Because mm-hmm. when the newspapers reported it. So people are now saying that the reason last night's kind of um, partner of the sea thing for Donald Trump was because he wanted to go out there and stamp his authority. He wanted to part the protesters and walk out to then go over to to the church and and make a statement. This is all because of the election in November. Make no mistake. There's yeah. not. He's not suddenly found God. He's doing mm-hmm. this because he knows that the evangelicals will get behind him. Yeah. And I think Emma and I spoke today. Well, I mean, Emma and I speak all the time, as as you yeah. know from from a last time. But we spoke about this, and we were very very initially very reluctant to come across like to to have a conversation because we know how it looks there's two white people sitting here talking about black lives matter and talking about issues that affect people of color and of course we don't have that that lived experience um my partner's mixed race you know he's had racism and um instances in the past and anyone who i know who as a person of colour, you know, or um, I know there's different terminology and, and some people in America will identify as being African-American. Some people will say they're black American. Some people will say, you know, people of colour. At the end of the day, we're all people. And what matters to Emma and I is that we try and use our voices and platform and social media and platform here to put across to people that, there is one human race. You know, we may be different. We may have different colours, skin, different religions, different backgrounds, but we're all people. And when we see people on the news and we see people on Twitter being shot at, you know, having flash grenades, being attacked by the police and killed by the police, it's just unimaginable, yep. the pain. Um, and this is what's happening is there's there's a huge wound um, right in the, you know, in the centre of America and this is exactly where all the anger and all the frustration. And I tweeted last night saying, I genuinely, I don't know because I'm not a person of colour. I don't know what it would feel like to be in that situation. But I want to do as much as we possibly can to shine a light and to allow those voices of people who are affected, people of colour who have experienced the the constant racism. Um, and that's where we're coming from. We're not coming from any place of malignancy or we're not coming from where we're trying to find a solution or we're trying to talk on your behalf. It's really just about us having a conversation here and talking about what we're seeing and how we are absolutely abhorred by what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I can see is that black people and people of colour are saying this now is a time for people of all races to stand with black people and the Black Lives matter movement and say we are with you we are in solidarity solidarity with you and we are against the generations of just like racism that has came down and been 
entered, like just ingrained year after mm-hmm. year after year, generation after generation after generation. It's just ingrained. And Absolutely. it needs to be unlearned. It needs to yeah. end now. And that is what is happening in these protests. That is what is happening. Definitely. And one other thing that has really shocked me, not it's not actually shocked me that much because it is the environment that has been curated and cultivated by Donald Trump is the attacking of the press. Here are some messages from your sponsors. And now, back to the show. The mm, press absolutely. that have been literally shot at by rubber bullets, arrested live on air. The CNN correspondent yeah. that got arrested live on air. Funnily enough, he was black. Um, he got arrested. Yeah. Um, press have been um, tear gassed. Uh, it's this has all happened because of an environment. You know the fake news media. Mm. This, can you can you ever imagine this happening under another president? Any other president? No, <laughs> I genuinely know. I mean, I, I I genuinely felt. I know for years I would say, oh George Bush, you know he was terrible, and he, you know he was absolutely terrible, and a lot of the things that he'd done, um, and his his approach. But you're absolutely right because from the very start when he was candidate Trump, has kind of um, he was banging the drum saying that the press were. Were terrible. I mean, in his own in his own rallies, he would stand up and shout and berate at the press, yeah. and he would encourage his supporters to turn round and call them, you know, the the, the media, and refer to them as uh, traitors and refer to them as scumbags the and enemy liars. Of the people, and, the enemy of exactly. the people. That is what he has been calling the the press. And is it not somewhere in the constitution about freedom of the speech and yeah, protection absolutely. of the press? It's one of the first. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the first. I mean, it's the fundamental. The, the fundamental principle is that the press are there. You know, press ask awkward questions. The press. I mean, it's the same as here. The press will ask awkward questions, and the press will will try and trip up leaders when they when they believe that they're not being honest, or when they believe that they're being you know sparing um, with the truth. That's their job. Yeah. That's what they're there to do. They're not there to blow smoke up his arse. At no. the end of the day, Donald Trump is. He set this. He set this up. Um, and, and Andy's advisors um, set this up from the very start that the media were the ones that were in the wrong as Emma said, I mean someone, I don't know if you heard Emma, but there was actually a journalist that was shot in the eye and she's lost her eye What? This was during this was during all, yeah this is during the Black Lives Matter um, protest oh my so she God. actually lost an eye um, and she was doing her job, you know that's what she was doing i seen footage as well where the, the um, National Guard had basically spotlights shining onto the press and were telling them to get away. They were armed, obviously pointing guns towards them and they're shouting, we're the press, we're the media. And of course, as you just you just said there, they're throwing bang grenades, flash grenades or whatever they call them. I mean, these types of things are just this overt militarisation of the police as well. When you're using the instruments of power or the instruments of the state against its own people, last night he talked about unleashing the military if the governors didn't actually request because there's something called I think it's called the Insurrection Act and basically the last time it was used was 1807 right. where um where the the federal government or the the 
executive branch were able to um, put the military basically against the American people. So to put them into, um, what do you call them, law enforcement um, duties, uh-huh. because in the Constitution and, of course, in the Insurrection Act, they can't do that. But they can do it at the request of one of the governors if there's an emergency and the governors request it. Of course, the governors are not requesting no. it. And one after the other, the governors are saying, we are not going to do this. Uh-huh. But Donald Trump said last night, if you don't do this, I'm going to unleash the military, basically. And, of course, he doesn't have the power to do that. So there again, he's talking about doing things that he doesn't have the power to do. And then what he'll do is he will then say to his supporters on on his platforms, on Fox News and Fox and Friends and everything, on his tweets, he'll say, look what I did. I tried to do this and I've been knocked back. They're holding me back. I they have tied my hands. Yeah. It's the same old shit from Donald Trump. It's the Ugh. same script over and over again. And it's almost like it gets indoctrinated into their heads because it's the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. And it's for the people who follow him, it's brainwashing. Like he brainwashes yeah, his definitely. followers because it's just the same old stuff over and over and over again. And they just eat it up. It's remember you said you said about enemy of the people there. Do you remember when the the Supreme Court, when the one of the Scottish courts, so it's our Supreme Court is called the Court of Session, yeah. and they actually uh, in Scotland they found against the UK government. They said the UK government acted unlawfully when they prorogued the UK Parliament. Yeah. Um, and of course, it went to the Supreme Court. Do you remember the headlines that was on the Daily Mail and the some of the other newspapers, it was enemies of the people yeah. when they had the pictures of all the judges, remember? Yeah. So that type of narrative is coming straight over. We're getting the same stuff from America over to here as well. see, that's what worries me. This is why it really, really scares me what is happening over there. Not only is it just horrifying, not only is it mm-hmm. just terrifying overall and horrific what is happening to people and truly demonstrable behaviour from somebody who should be... He is there to serve and protect. That is the oath he took. Yeah. That is the oath of that office. And he is doing everything but. Everything but. Mm -hmm. And I am starting to see... (laughs) There are ties between the people who fund Trump, that party, and the Conservative government. And Boris Johnson is very easily swayed. He, I mean, even though there are differences between Boris and Trump, he is slightly more educated. We'll give him that. I will give him that. Yeah, he can string, he can a, string sentence a sentence together. He did actually go to a good school. He is. Yeah. He can't, as you say, he can be articulate. But he does admire Trump. He does. No, definitely. I think he, he does. does. He does really admire do. Trump. And Cummings. Cummings is the one who really worries me. Cummings mm-hmm. should have been out. 
Oh yeah, I mean he should he should never have been there in the bloody first place. This is the thing. Amen. Let's be honest, because the Guardian, because the Guardian said I think it was is it Caroline Cadwaller? I think her name is. I'm really terrible with names, but I think it was Caroline Cadwaller. Exposed all this, exposed the involvement of Cummings, exposed the connection with Trump, exposed all this stuff with the 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 Brexit ties and the them pushing for Brexit and where the money was coming from and everything. This was already exposed. People knew, but Boris Johnson knew that he needed Dominic Cummings by his side because Dominic Cummings is someone who just doesn't give a shit. And what he'll do is he'll go into a room and if everyone hates him, well, that's a win for him. He just does not care. And he doesn't care who tramples on. And that's what Donald Trump, uh, sorry, that's what Boris Johnson, I think, admires, is that he can have this advisor who actually it's like marmite people either really like him or they absolutely detest him and of course anybody who's been listening to the news lately will know why we're, we're mentioning dominic cummins as well because he has he broke the the rules regarding lockdown for the uk and there's this whole fantastical story about him you know driving to get child care and him going out for a wee drive to test his eyes <laughs> so and all this just utter nonsense but of course because he's has you know, right hand man, he's still there, and this is what's scary because what else can the man? What else can he do? You know, if he's if Boris Johnson is is actually been punished in the polls now because people are saying they don't trust what's coming out of the UK yeah. government's mouth, and they don't trust you know Boris Johnson to act in the country's best interest. And when I say the country, I'm referring to the whole yeah. of the UK because, of course, there's four countries in the UK. In the UK. Um, but what we're going to do just now is, at the very start, we said that we were going to initially just explain, because we are going to talk a wee bit more about the situation in Scotland regarding Black Lives Matter and regarding people of colour, um, and of course in America. But we wanted to cover a couple of other subjects first regarding the lockdown, and then we'll go back to it. But we felt it was really important at the very start of the podcast to explain why we were going to discuss what's happening in America. and. To explain to you our motivations, because, you know, as we said from the very start, all we are doing here is having a conversation, discussion about what's happening, showing that we, we do stand in solidarity with the people in America who are out there fighting for, I mean, let's face it, this is 2020. Yeah. You know, we're talking about what's going on now, you would have expected to see in, you know, in 1960s, you mm -hmm. know, with um the the civil rights movement and of course people to this day are still having to go out you know years down the line you're still having to go out in 2020 and protest to be treated like a, a human and not to be to be killed basically by yeah, the police absolutely um um so we are going to go for a quick break and we'll be back very soon here are some messages from your sponsors And now, back to the show. We are going to talk about something that has irked me for some time. Rob. What would that be? Rob. <laughs> Clap for key workers. Your thoughts? Yeah. Do you know, when I seen when I seen it happening initially, right, because I, I did, I mean, I did for the first, I think, two weeks, I did clap because I thought, you know, this is this is great. It's showing appreciation. It's showing that we actually do care about key workers because, of course, it wasn't that long ago that the Tories were cutting 
the NHS budget and were, you know, were maligning junior doctors. Junior doctors had to go on strike, you know, because they were their conditions were being messed about with. The UK government was privatising mm-hmm. left, right and centre. Um, and I thought this is a good opportunity for us to say thank you. But then it quickly descended into a, like a photo opportunity, video opportunities. Everyone wanted to be seen clapping. You know, you had people complaining that their neighbours weren't clapping and that there was this, you know, militant, my neighbour's not clapping for long enough and I want to, I want to bang, bang my pot louder <laughs> next time. And it became something else. And the UK government then started pointing to it as a kind of, oh, look at all this, you know, support. And, and they've got a cheek because they were cutting everything not yeah. that long ago, but yet they were lauding, they were holding this up as this is our nation, this is our, our nation coming mm-hmm. together. Um, and it became something else yeah. entirely. It took legs and just kind yeah. of ran. My feeling on of it was, how about we don't clap and you pay them? How about we don't clap and yeah. uh, you stop painting letter boxes or post boxes? How about we don't clap and instead of giving them a medal, you give them a better pension and you stop making them pay for parking while they're out saving people's actual freaking lives? And you maybe instead of making or making it a big deal that everyone claps and as you say, it's a big photo opportunity and a big hashtag that if you don't share it, you're some kind of evil person that can you tell I'm passionate about it? I'm Mm -hmm. turning into an arsehole (laughs) that um, (laughs) that you um, make the food free. Like you you compensate the, the food workers and you make everyone in the hospital have free food and get free food. It's yeah. like I have pals who are like working in hospitals right now and they hate it. They hate it. They think it's so, yeah. so condescending. And it has. I mean, it's, it's like, I can see why. Clap, I can clap, see clap, why. Clap, 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 clap. And it's like half the people clapping probably voted this government in. Exactly. If you if you're going out twelve hours, if you're going out twelve hours a day, and you're trying to get to work, and the car park's full, and you're having to pay to park, and you're getting into work stressed, and then you're having to pay a fortune to get something for your lunch and do all this, and then people are clapping and tell telling you how appreciated that they they think you are, and they'll buy. I mean, there's there's so many things online. Oh, here we bought just eat pizzas for the nurses and here we bought this for the nurses that's great but then after all this finishes yeah. then what happens because there's no landlord that i know we've, we've spoke about this before but there's no landlord that i know that you can pay them an applause at the end of the day you have to pay your bills you kind of go to asda you know and clap for your shopping people are having to pay yeah. through their nose just to live and this coronavirus situation has made it even even clearer to me that doesn't matter if someone, I mean, it, I've said this all along because my mum, my mum's jobs when we were growing up, mum was a cleaner and she absolutely loved it and she cleaned in different places. And as I always said, if my mum didn't do her job, then nobody else could yeah. do their job. So if the cleaners and the porters um, and the catering staff and everybody in the hospital don't do their jobs, then the nurses, the doctors, the consultants, yeah. the surgeons, you know, the 
head honchos, they're not going to be able to no. do anything either. So there does need to be this this realization that clapping was was you know it was a great wee morale boost for two weeks, but this is getting yeah, they ridiculous. Stopped it last week, I think, was the last one. The the person who originated it, I'm saying that in the quotes because I think it's ridiculous all around. I'm sorry. I like if you are like a big clapper, good on you. <laughs> you heavy clapper. But uh, I just think it's all around <laughs> ludicrous. Um and my dad's a key worker. So my mum always out yeah. there clapping her panel every Thursday. But I was like, he's out, not from me, right. homie. And I was <laughs> Rob liked that one. Um but the thing that really, really ripped man in and here here is the 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 censure for me. They ruined a Foo Fighters song and that was it. I was like, nope, I have had it. I am out. How it was, was times it? like these by Foo Fighters because they um they did that for like the big night in and all these celebrities sent in their little their little videos of them doing a line of it's time oh. that I need you learn love again. Like it was all dead. Like um oh, it was all dead um sincere and all that. And then and every night they would open the windows and blast this version of this song. And I was like, I am going to lose my nut. And Sean and Sean would just laugh at me because I was like, they ruined Foo Fighters. And I've been to see Foo Fighters like four times live. And Dave Grohl would oh, always yeah. come out and do that song acoustic. And the thing is, Dave Grohl, he, he kind of orchestrated it and did it for good reasons. But I'm really annoyed at him. I'm yeah. really annoyed at them. And they probably raised loads of money for COVID and that's nice. But now I need to hear the neighbours yeah. from my scheme blasting it every Thursday night while they rattle their pots Aye. and pans no, for maybe like 40% of that scheme voted Tory. Aye. Because how can you possibly how can you possibly hang out the window with your pots and pans and say, you know, all here, you know, clap for our heroes, clap for our heroes, but then at the same time, in all good conscience, say, oh, I voted Tory. I just can't get it. I cannot understand for the love of God. And you're on TikTok, because I know, because we send each other we TikToks do. all the time, and because um, it was Emma that actually got me into it. I did. But the, um, there, was, there was a video clip of someone, they were out clapping, I don't know if you've seen it, and the person shouted out the window, Stop, stop clapping if you voted Tory. Remember, because people, she was in an area, I can't remember where it was, but she said she was sick of it. Same as you. She said she was sick of it because her neighbours, she lives in an area where loads of people voted Tory, but then everybody's out clapping. And then did you see Nigel oh, Farage can't, out? Can't, did you see him standing in his driveway? Can't. And I mean, the guy was like, I don't even know, he was like a plaster scene man just standing there. I mean, and see even the way he clapped, it was crazy. Do you remember all the years, years and years ago, people took the mickey out of, what's his name, Michael Gove, because of his stupid clapping? Well, Nigel Farage, honestly, you need to watch that clip. It is crazy. Absolutely like, crazy. You can't even buy a body Here's the thing pan. with Nigel Farage that I just want to get out there, right? Nigel Farage, the biggest EU sceptic out there, is married to a German woman mm. and his kids have dual nationality. I just need to get that out there yeah, exactly. into the world because when I found that out, my brain, again, nearly exploded. My brain is at high risk, folks. My brain is at high risk yeah. all the time. <laughs> it doesn't it make sense, sense, does it? The it guy, really doesn't. And then, of course, sorry. the guy the guy hates the EU so much and he hates the waste and everything, but yet he still he still collected all his, his money on time and everybody's done it. Does he just hate anything. his wife? 
Is that it? Does he just have marriage problems? And that's why we ended up with Brexit? Is that really what's happening? Does this guy just have heavy marriage problems and now we are landed with Brexit? Is that... Did, did they just need marriage counselling all along? Is that just what's happened? Because if the guy just needed marriage counselling, we could have got that sorted. You know? Exactly. I mean, you could even I, come up here I and get his marriage counselling if it was... If you could get it done there, then... If you just talk to me, I'm a nice person sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if, um. if, it, if it could have, if it could have sort, stopped Brexit, I would happily have listened to Farage and his uh, shite marriage. Happily. Happily would have listened oh, yeah. and maybe tried to learn German for his German wife. I mean, if it would have stopped yeah. Brexit, I would have done pretty much anything, as long as it wasn't freaky. <laughs> I know. I and now we're here. here. Look where we are now. Now we're here. Nuts. absolutely wild absolutely like I, when i found that out i was like why are more people not talking about this seriously i think he's just he, honestly he's just an absolute fuddy <laughs> and the thing is you the man has made he's made an actual career he's made a career out of bumping his gums about europe and about waste and all this kind of stuff he still puts his hand out at the end of the day he never hardly went to any meetings I mean, honestly, I, I genuinely, I honestly, genuinely think he never thought for a minute that he would get Brexit, yeah. and he thought that he could milk this because he's. I mean, he's tried how many times has he ran? He's ran to be in the UK Parliament, God knows how many times, and he's never ever got there. I mean, it's the same as Murdo, um, Murdo Fraser and an MSP. I, think, I mean, he's ran. I, mean, I don't know how many times, got, and he can only no, get. In I the mean, list. you kept got one seat once. Is that is that correct? Mm. They got one seat once. Oh, for the for aye, the UK Parliament. But, aye, so one of them, one of them was a well, two of them were Tories, and they defected right. to UKIP, and very briefly they were there, and then they ran for election and again, and they lost it. They ran as UKIP. That sounds no. about right. That sounds that's about it. right. Anyway, um, that's the square root. That's the square root. <laughs> anyway, we are rambling because uh, that's what we do, but it's 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 good chat. Here are some messages from your sponsors. And now, back to the show. One thing we were truly horrified, truly, truly horrified by what happened this weekend were the restrictions for lockdown got eased by literally an inch. And yeah. people went bananas. They went absolutely, absolutely bananas. Nice. And the pictures that we saw from around Scotland and all over the UK are truly terrifying, especially for Rob. He's shielding. I have a genetic condition and all we could see, I mean, the pictures from Luss on the beach, the, uh, the nuts, pictures from nuts. parks. There's a place in England, Dundledore, I think it was. That sounds like somewhere... And some Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like it's a beach in Cornwall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And right. it, I mean, you just couldn't see the sand. Um, but up here, it was the last was terrifying. And the thing is, lads, lads and lassies out there, a second wave is statistically inevitable because of the way that pandemics yeah. work. And the second wave is always yeah. way worse than the first wave. And in the first world war, 
for the Spanish flu, they relaxed the restrictions. Like social distancing was a term first used in the Spanish flu. They relaxed the restrictions slightly just before their trips came home. Everyone was out in the streets partying mm. for the end of the First World War. The trips came home. The second wave happened. And more people died in that second wave than anybody died during the First World War. If you look up those statistics, that is true. Was there not not four waves or something? Was there not... Yeah, there was four waves, but in the second wave, more people died in that second wave than got killed in the war. God, that is utterly crazy. And people just... And you wonder why we are stressed out. and people just think, it won't get me. It won't get my family members. It's sunny outside. Let's just go have some fun. Let's just go have a barbecue. Let's just go lie on the beach. Let's just go to the park because we've been inside for a couple of months. See those couple of months? Mm -hmm. You'll get those couple of months back if you just... Oh, aye, you'll be back in your bed for a couple of months. I mean, if you if you take the past like now, they'll be back in bed for a couple of months because let's face it, you you had the you had the COVID, and then it really knocked your pan in because not only did you have the period where you were in bed and you were really unwell, but you had some crazy symptoms, you know, and it did last yeah. for quite a while compared to people are talking about all oh, fourteen days, but it really did it did hit you and for quite a while. Thankfully, I'm it? doing a lot better now because I'm doing everything mm, right. I'm doing a lot better now because I'm doing everything right. But my concern is for yeah. everyone else and for um, what the the knock-on effect of how we're going to move forward as a society as a whole for um, mm-hmm. the phases. I mean, we're in phase one right now and going yeah. in, Scotland in Scotland and going by the riot that happened at the weekend, I can't see us getting out of it anytime soon. No, I agree with you. I think that's one one of the big differences between the UK government and the Scottish government is the UK government are looking at the phases um, and what they're doing is they're almost putting a calendar out and saying, right, this is when we're moving to phase two. This is when we're going to start doing X, Y, Z. But the First Minister has always said that she'll be doing it informed by you know, clinical information and by the signs. So the fact is, and she, and she was yeah. very open about it when she said, I mean, I don't know if you remember, she said, we're going to go to phase one, but if, more or less, if people take the piss, she didn't say that, but of course, if people do, you know, take the mickey and run with it, then she will have to reintroduce the lockdown or will have to re-restrict yeah. things. We are not moving forward in Scotland on a calendar. We are looking at the signs and saying, how does the how does it how does the pandemic sit now? What are the cases like? Are there any clusters like you were talking about, Lus? Um, I seen pictures just beside Lus. Yeah. You had Loch Lomond, and I seen all the the cars were just. I mean, they were crazy. And at the end of the day, social distancing. And I keep saying this on Twitter, and people are probably sick of hearing me. But social distancing is not just about you protecting yourself. It's about you protecting yeah. others. It's an investment in the people around you, an investment in your family. And when you're going into the shops, it's not just so that you don't catch coronavirus off we <laughs> Agnes down the road. It's so that yeah, you don't pass absolutely. it to her. It really is because 
I, I was talking to someone who works in a shop. Um, I wouldn't say her name, but I was talking to someone who works in a shop on Twitter. And she was really stressed out because people are coming up to her in the shop. She's busy doing her job and people are coming up and patting her on the shoulder and saying, excuse me, tapping her on the shoulder, leaning over her, you know, basically making her life really difficult and not following social yeah. distancing. And then she's worried about having to go back home to her family where she's got people who are unwell and don't keep well in her family. And that's what it is. It's an investment. You're making an investment in other people by following social distancing. And when you go out to, a, if you go out to a park and it's absolutely mobbed, well, you just leave. Do you know what I mean? Go home, go yeah. somewhere else. You, you don't have to go and lie on a cheap towel on the grass or on the beach to suck up the rays. At the end of the day, if you kick the arse out of it now, you'll be in your bed for weeks. Um, and like you said, you know, there will be in the future, there will be time for you to go to the beach and there will be time for you to do all this. But the longer, the more that you do that, the more that people do this, the longer that duration yeah, is going to be. It's just, I, I really do understand that when you've been inside for a long time and yeah. it's sunny outside and your kids are driving you bananas and you just want to go out but it's not going to make the process go any faster by cutting the line no it's really selfish it's Definitely really not. really selfish those actions and those pictures at the weekend were so selfish so yeah this kind of the life i mean, the as life said, it I mean i've been i've not left the house it's true. I've not left the house since the twenty third of March, and I've been being very, very deliberately um, cautious. I mean, I've not left the house. I've been to the hospital and the doctor. I drove straight there and straight back. Um, I've sat in the garden, my own enclosed garden. Do you know, I have deliberately not went anywhere, and it's driving me nuts. But I know that it's yeah. the best thing because it's not just like it's not just about me going out there and catching coronavirus. If I go out there and heaven forbid, crash the car or fall over and break my ankle and then I have to get taken to hospital. Then I'm putting pressure on the NHS. Then I could pack, pick up the COVID and stuff like that or pick up the coronavirus from there. So it's a whole host of things. You're looking at a chain. You know, there's all these chain reactions every single day when people go out and they set off for work and they have a bump in the car. And they and this is why people are shielding because if you have these bumps and you are taken to hospital, you're more at risk. And also you're going to put the NHS under pressure. So it really does scan the life out of me when I see people gallivanting all over the place on the beach and in the parks. And then today I sent him a picture. My friend David uh, and colleague sent me a, a picture of McDonald's outside Springburn oh, or in Springburn. And the queue was right all the way along the road. And you're thinking, do you really want... I mean, I'm not a big McDonald's fan at the best of times, but do you really want to sit in a queue, burning your fuel for an hour to get a cheap McDonald's burger? I mean, is that really For that important? For some people, unfortunately, yeah, it is. It really is. They don't understand it will be open again tomorrow. It'll be open again the day after. They just yeah, want to exactly. be, they want to get the Instagram picture of them on the first day it opens right. and being like, I got it. Like, you can get it tomorrow. It's. Well, wait you hear this, right? Just because I'll forget it because you know what I'm like. Do you know what I found people doing online on Twitter? They were talking about this and they were talking about it on TikTok. What they were doing was turning up to go to KFC. The queue was like, the queue was mega, like a huge, massive queue. Rather than sitting in the queue, what they did was go and park their car in the car park, use Uber oh. Eats and book an, an Uber Eats 
to deliver to them in the body camper. I'm not joking because the Uber Eats are able to go and pick it up because the Uber Eats are able to just go straight to the front and pick up the food. And that's what they were doing. Oh, I'm in the red car in the fourth space in the car park. I mean, people are just so blooming lazy. I get people want to get back to normal, but come on. That is that is some unreal dedication to getting your fat food. Oh my gosh. That is <laughs> that is unreal. Oh, but, um, we want to finish this podcast off by talking about our solidarity. I cannot say that word, Rob. Our Thank solidarity. You. <laughs> with um, folks in America who are standing up for their right to peacefully protest, um, to raise their voices, and we want to raise our voices too. As we say, we are allies. Definitely. We are very aware that we are very white, <laughs> but uh, mm. we hope that you, that you can appreciate where we're coming from. Um, Scotland is not. What's the word I'm trying to search for, Rob? Thank you. Yeah. Scotland is not immune <laughs> to these issues. We finish we each other's really sentences. <laughs> we finish each other's sentences or sandwiches, as um, Frozen would put it. Uh, if you get that, you either have kids or nieces and nephews. Uh, we, oh, yeah, really a lot of time, a lot of time in, your in your hands. Um <laughs> Here are some messages from your sponsors. And now, back to the show. Well, Rob, you're you're quite friendly with Amar, aren't you? Yeah, so Amar Anwar is one of the, um, I would say, most eminent yeah. human rights um, lawyers, yeah. solicitors in Scotland. Um, he's also, I, I can't remember if he is still the rector of yeah, I think he Glasgow is. Uni, I think he is. but he was. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's an absolutely fantastic guy. And anybody who knows anything about Scotland and anything about Scottish politics and, and the law in Scotland will know Amar Anwar um, has done everything in his career. I mean, he's a, he's a young guy, um, very, very very nice, very friendly, but very dedicated. And he has been involved in so many big human rights cases in Scotland. Um, And, Mm. oh, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, I, from Amher's point of view, because I mean, I remember reading about, there's, you can read on on Amher's website, he has his own law firm. um, And there's a lot of information about him and about his life and about his achievements. And he is a very, um, understated guy like he doesn't I mean you might think that he's very kind of because he is very well known that he would be very kind of lofty but he's really not because his dedication and his commitment and his enthusiasm is about righting the wrongs about holding governments and holding the the you know the justice service um uh, yeah. justice system to account and he has a he has a great guy but he has had a lot of run-ins over the years with, of course, the Scottish government of all colours. So regardless of whether it was Labour or SNP, mm-hmm. the Liberal Democrats, um, when they were in power, um, he has had run-ins over the years because when legislation is made, of course, regardless of what the legislation is about, um, where it curtails people's freedoms or it 
um, exposes people to discrimination or where it ingrains discrimination or inequality, you can always find that Amor Anwar is either the first um, the, the, the first solicitor there or he's involved in it in some ways, involved in challenging the legislation or standing up for for these big cases. Um, and that's how he's made his name because he has, he's been a pit bull basically and he's kind of set about the, the government regardless of who it was that was in power and he yeah. still does to this day. He has a, a very interesting story, um, his own personal journey, never mind his um, his professional one. Um, it was, I yeah. think it's maybe about 30 years ago now that he got um, attacked by uh, police in Glasgow uh, and was told this is what That's happens right. to belittle black boys with big mouths. That was the actual phrase that was used. Yeah. Um, he fought and won a civil case, and apparently, as um, yeah, to four years, and is one of very few to do so. Nothing criminal happened to those mm -hmm. police, I may add, which is uh, a travesty. And I think I think that may have been. I don't yeah. know. I've not spoken with him, but I have a feeling that that is what set him on his course. <clears throat> excuse me in his in his professional Absolutely. journey um i would love to chat with him and maybe one day we'll be lucky enough to have him as a guest on the podcast uh i am so intrigued Definitely. by him and his um passion and zeal he has been uh passionately and uh with with zeal uh tweeting and posting on Instagram about what has been happening in America and calling out cases that have been happening in the UK and in Scotland. One in particular, a death yeah. in custody um, in Kirkcaldy four years ago, five years ago. Um, sure. a, a, yeah, five years a ago. Guy, a, a young man called Sheku Bayo. Bio. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he was pinned down by nine officers, um, restrained, CS gassed. The images of his injuries, they don't they've not released actual pictures, but there is a a kind of map on his body of where all the images are, and it is just awful it's awful and there's still an inquiry going on to this day which i think has been due to the work that um, amar has has done has 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 fought for yeah. because um i can't imagine that without the the hard work and dedication of amar and his team that that there would be much justice in this case because no, I agree. I think the video, the video of Sheikubayu's arrest, like where the police officers are tackling him. I mean, it's absolutely horrific. The, the the stomach churning. I mean, the 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 thing is, we quite often get, and this this happens everywhere, but we quite often get just now in Scotland where people are saying, "Oh, but what's happened in America would never happen here," or "Oh no, I mean, but we have it better here," or things are not like that here. Well. 
if you talk about, it, I mean, for for Emma and I, for example, as we're saying, we were we we're white. You know, Emma and I walking down the road, and I'm not for a minute suggesting that the police Scotland are inherently racist, or the police Scotland are going no. to start tackling black people and people of color for 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 things. But the thing is, there is this reality here that it's now since May 2015 when Sheikubayu was attacked and killed, basically, and he died in police custody. He was attacked by nine officers, as Emma said, and the injuries will post um, the link yeah. to Amher's tweets and you'll be able to go in and I would definitely recommend you follow him on Instagram, on Twitter, because he is a great source of information, of um, it, it cuts a lot of the bullshit out as well that you see. I have watched many a documentaries, I've read many a reports regarding Sheikh Abayu's um, attack and his death and his wrongful death and um, the Scottish government have resisted for a long time for an inquiry and have really messed messed it about. They really have done. And, and I say this as someone who supports the government and as does Amar, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, there, you need to shine a light. This is, a, you know, the best disinfectant is sunlight. We need to shine a light in there and say what is going on. And with Amar Anwar, that's exactly what he's been doing with um, this case. And I'm really happy to see that things are progressing very slowly, of course, but yeah. things are progressing and there does need to be answers. Police officers do need to be held to account for what they did. And even the police officers that didn't take an active part need to, because they should have been reporting this, they should have been challenging the officers. And this is what we're, we're seeing. We've seen it um, just last week when you look at the the footage in America when, when George Floyd was murdered as well. You see a police officer with his neck on his throat um, and you see police officers yeah. round about just standing there. I mean, what on earth yeah. goes through people's minds? You know, to you're a police officer and you see a colleague doing that, then you challenge him, yeah. get off of him, you're killing him. You know, what are you doing? But no, it's they a brotherhood, don't. Just stand isn't there it? Watching. It's a whole, you know, um, the few bad apples, but at the end of the day, um, the few bad apples rot, they rot the rest of the, um, the crop. Absolutely. So... That I mean that that yeah, phrase true. has been taken out of context for for decades. It's a whole oh, just a few bad apples. Well, at the end of the day, the few the few bad apples rot the crop. That is what that yeah it's that true. is what that phrase means. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous exactly. the fact that these politicians punt that phrase around and they have no idea what it actually means. So. <laughs> No, because you hear them on the television. I heard I heard one of them the other day in America saying, but you're just talking about a few police officers, but you're talking about a few police officers who have a badge in uniform, who have extra powers than a citizen, who have a gun yep. in America. And obviously here they didn't need guns. They had CS gas Batons, and tasers yep. and batons and everything. But, but they can remove your liberty. I mean, a police officer's biggest power yep. is the removal of your liberty, whether it be until the next lawful day, until you go to court. But they can cart yep. you away from the street and take you away and behind closed doors and do what they want. I mean, you know, anything can happen. Yep. And this is the scary thing. Um, this is the frightening thing here that we're talking about 2015 when Sheikh Ubayu was killed. Yeah. 2015, yep. five years I mean, ago. It, it's you know really, I mean? really... Scary, and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be brought in, as you say. The best disinfectant is sunlight. Don't say that around Trump, though. 
because he'll start saying it's a cure for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know someone, can I just say something about Trump? Someone said to me, I was, someone said to me, and I'm not joking, because I, I, I described Donald Trump as over here, we've got in Scotland, obviously we've, in the UK, we've got crisps called Watsits, which I believe Cheetos, in America yeah. are called Cheetos. So if I'm tweeting about, if I'm tweeting about him, I'll talk about the Cheeto in chief. You know, so someone said, why do you call him that? And I said, well, because he's orange. You're, that's racist. Oh, my like, God. In what way is it racist? You wouldn't, you would, I'm saying the man has an orange face. The man is orange. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one is born orange. No one is born that hue. I mean, I really don't understand it. The guy is orange and he comes on the television. He's and, he's, he's got so much tan know, on. He just, he, he just like, at the end me. of the day, the guy's a fan of bronzer. If he likes, if he loves this bronzer so much, yeah. let, I mean, have at it, dude, have at it. But at the end of the day, what we're saying is we realise we are not immune. immune. Um, we, we're not going to sit here and pretend that we are so much better than America, you know. Um, uh, so no, we stand with you. We are thinking of you. We hope that if you're somehow listening to this and you're protesting, stay safe. If you're going to go to the protest, in Glasgow Green, please wear a mask. Um, if if I could go, yeah, I would. Exactly. I have a um, genetic condition, so I can't go. Um, exactly. No, I'll be there we'll, in spirit. Obviously, we are as well, there in spirit. We are protesting with you in spirit. Um, but I I I understand the need and the want to protest. Um, please stay two meet. Please yeah, stay two meters definitely. apart. <laughs> please wear a mask. Please do everything that you yeah. can safely. The last thing, the last thing we want is to go out and protest and to go out and rightly, because end of the day you're using your voice to amplify the voices of others, and that's exactly what Emma and I said that we'll do. We'll tweet the pictures that people tweet out about it. We'll tweet the information about the protest. You can follow Amar Anwar. You can follow us on Twitter individually and also through Scunnered Pod. But what I would say is don't, if you're going and you're covering your face in a face mask, obviously, which we would definitely say is a great idea because of the COVID and standing apart from each other. But you know what it'll be like if you go there and then all of a sudden there's people that are there who develop coronavirus. You'll have the Express, you'll have the Daily Mail, everybody will be shouting about how, you know, this happened in Scotland and how everybody's got coronavirus and it was because of the protests and whatever. You've got the right to protest. Everyone has a right to peaceful protest. Absolutely. There are restrictions in place just now about, you know, people collecting and getting together. Obviously, nothing that anybody says. If you're if you're determined to go and you're determined to go and do that, um, to protest, even though the restrictions are in place, just yeah. be safe and don't give the bloody Daily Mail or the Express Excuse. any... yeah opportunity to to criticize and to to you know print the front the bloody front pages about how you caused coronavirus and all this kind of stuff um but just stay safe enjoy your i was going to say enjoy the weekend but it's not the weekend yet i mean the thing thing that (laughs) arced me the most about the pictures from the weekend never on sunbathing there wasn't a mask to be seen everyone was really really huddled close together it was just like the block that coronavirus didn't exist so what I'm saying about the protest is if you're going to go, please wear a mask and stay as far apart yeah. from anyone else as you possibly can. That is my please, like that is my request. Just my personal little request. Um Definitely. and stay as safe as you can. We've had a blast with y'all. 
Um, and we, we have done. Uh, hope that wherever you are, that you're staying safe, you're staying healthy, and uh, we hope to be with you all. I always, always love the chocolate. And uh, we hope that we will be with you all again very soon. We want to hear what has you guys scunnered. And Absolutely. if this is us scunnered, then we want to know how you've been getting through the lockdown, how lockdown life has affected you guys and gals and everything in between. Exactly. And <laughs> Everyone. What... Um, and you can contact us, share the can, Rob. That's right. So you can, on, on our website, scunnardpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, which is scunnardpod. Um, maybe you're not scunnard and you want to tell us something cheery that would cheer us all up. That would be great. And we can talk about yeah. it on our next podcast. Thank you so much again. We love you loads. We'll speak to you all soon. Bye-bye.